You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now, here are your hosts, Veronica Lizamato and Brent Edwards. Everybody and welcome to episode number 95 of BNI, The Australian Story. My name is Veronica and I am here with our Executive Director in Melbourne South and the co-host of our podcast, Mr Brent Edwards. Hi, Brent. Hi, Veronica. I shouldn't really ask how you're doing because I've spent the last two days on the ret- same retreat as you, but um, <laughs> I also really well last night when I got home. Well, I actually didn't have a great sleep and I don't understand it because we had um, our first director and ambassador retreat with your team in Melbourne South. What a fantastic way to come together as a team, plan uh, and look forward to what's going to be happening next in our region. Um, But also, too, some of the things that we learned and some of the speakers that you organised for us were absolutely fantastic. So thank you. And to all the executive directors that do these retreats and offer these opportunities to members to become directors and ambassadors, thank you for doing that because it just brings so much more value to us in our own businesses, not just as BNI members. Yeah, that's one of the hidden elements of being on the DNA team and director and ambassador team is to um, is the extra professional development you get from that. And a lot of our DNA team members actually, while they're out representing BNI, they're getting a lot back in the personal development they get for their business, as well as visibility, credibility, and the extra uh, extra referrals that comes from having that visibility and credibility in our organisation. Hey, I've got some really good results, V. Aside from that, I've got some really good results that have come through this week from BNI Global. Yeah, great. Share them. So so, um, in the last 12 months or the last financial year, BNI Global did $19.4 billion US in business. Wow. uh, Between all our members. So... If you um, convert that to Australian dollars, it's over $27 billion Australian. Incredible. So, uh, pretty good. Now, I remember quite a few years ago, probably about uh, six or eight years ago, um, Ivan Meisner had a big, hairy, audacious goal that we'd do $20 billion worth of business per year as an organisation. We are getting very close to that right now. So that's come from $2.6 million referrals. So basically, our members pass over a million referrals per month. Worldwide. It just is incredible. And I think one of the things that we need to realize is everyone joins BNI for different reasons. And we're lucky enough with each podcast guest to ask them the question how they were introduced to BNI and why they joined, why they made that decision. But it's important to remember everyone has a different reason. And as we spoke on the weekend, my reason was because I wanted to belong to something bigger than myself. And so it wasn't about the I have section. It wasn't about how much money I could generate. It wasn't about being in a room full of people, although that was just, you know, the benefits of being a BNI member. It was about I want to be part of something big. And that's what we need to remember. You've got your chapter, but what you're actually joining is an organisation that is global with how many members? I mean, there's over 200,000 members now, uh, over 10,000 chapters uh, worldwide. Um, it's just crazy when you think about it. Then you add those numbers to it and we test and measure everything. These are real stats. So we're not just pulling us out of the air. We are something amazing. Yeah, and it's amazing when people say, I've never heard of BNI. 
Yeah. Well, it is the best kept secret, right? <laughs> and for some reason, some of us are too scared to be talking about it to our friends and family. I know my family are absolutely sick of me talking about BNI, BNI, BNI. But guess who everyone calls when they need something? If someone needs something, give vehicles. She'll know someone. And she'll know someone that can be trusted. She'll know someone that'll turn up. So I love being the go-to. Yes. I absolutely love it. Anyway, who are we going to today? Who do we have the pleasure of talking to we today? We are back up at Brisbane again uh, this week, and we are speaking to Carl Swantis. And uh, Carl's from Five Star Reviews. Did I get it right? Did I get it no, right? No, you did. You got it I right. Think I got it right. We'll have a little bit of a joke. Very, very, me very close. Close enough. Swantis. I do, you can confirm that. Uh, Carl, when we when we when we get to you, uh, and uh, he's a digital marketer in Brisbane. It hasn't always been that case, but we're going to find out a bit more about him today and his uh, and his journey. So, uh, welcome, Carl, to being I the Australian Story podcast. Uh, thanks very much, Brendan. So give us the correct pronunciation. Okay, so the memory anchor that I always use is it's like Qantas, but with an S C H sound, so Schwantus. Oh, so what did I say? I was close. I was You're right. very close. Very close. Good, good for me. And I, I, I wrote it phonetically on the uh, on my notes here. And obviously, that didn't work. Isn't it funny how phonetically is not spelled phonetically? <laughs> you know anyway, why? Because before so, uh, we even started, you said I'm going to say that wrong. Right, See, you told yourself to do it. That's just me. So, as I said, Carl's from Five Star Reviews. He's uh, the digital marketing representative in his chapter in BNI Central. So uh, what part of Brisbane will we find BNI Central, Carl? Well, pretty much like it says on the tin, uh, right in the central of the city. It's CBD. chapter virtually in Bris, Bris Vegas. Yep, yep Bris Vegas. Bris, Bris Vegas, fantastic. And um, how did you find out about BNI and how and when? Well, I actually used to belong to another chapter many years ago, uh, which I came into uh, in the diamond business, which is my previous uh, business called Xenox Diamonds, and I was at BNI Wharf. And I think the way I found out, it's it's I mean, it's hard to remember. Like I always really believe in the butterfly effect. You know, it's it's amazing to kind of be here and go, well, why am I here today? Well, it's because I met that person, and and it's because I was introduced to that person. I went out to a networking. So I'm not sure, but I, I have a feeling it was just a, a mutual friend that basically invited me along to a BNI chapter. And it was like a lot of fun and everyone was kind of passing business. I thought that was really cool. So I joined uh, BNI Wharf in the diamond business. Um, and I was in there for about three years, <clears throat> then took a little bit of a, a break just before the, the whole sort of um, COVID stuff was coming along. And then obviously with the new business, uh, decided that this was actually a really good opportunity because it was more of a B2B where the previous business was a B2C. And I thought this would be a really good opportunity to kind of get back in and uh, make some new connections at a new chapter. So so let's look back at, you've, you've had a, obviously a big change because you've uh, you've come from the diamond business. So mm-hmm. these ears have picked up now, you know, uh, uh, when you've said that, but uh, you've come from the diamond business and you've ended up getting to a business that does reviews. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Sometimes people ask me, like, how did you go from being the diamond guy in Brisbane to the Google guy or the five star <laughs> Google guy? You know, and, um, you know, they're not as dissimilar as you might think. So um, what happened was basically 
you know, things were going really well. I still remember I was in Germany visiting my family because, as you can guess from the last name, it's a very German German <laughs> last name. So uh, I was visiting some family over there in, in Germany, and I still remember like you know, thinking this COVID thing was just going to be like the next swine flu. It was going to blow over in a couple of months and we'd all be back to normal. Oh God, how wrong was I? Uh, you know, got back another month or two later and the government comes out and bans weddings. When uh, when that's pretty much what you do, it's pretty devastating. So we pretty much lost 97% of our revenue for eight weeks. Um, the, the hard thing about that was there was just no end in sight. Like, it's not like we knew it was going to finish in two months or even three months. It just looked like it was going on forever. And people, you know, if you remember the whole toilet paper saga and, and everything, people were really in a very fearful place. And, and pretty much everybody that was in our front end of the leads basically just stopped. Like everything just like literally died overnight. And, and all of the clients that we had completed work for, we'd sort of say, look, you know, can you just pay for your goods? You can leave it here. But again, because everyone is in this place of fear, everyone was just hanging on to everything that they could. Uh, and then on the other side, I had all the suppliers going, well, basically we want our money. Otherwise we'll sue. And so that was a pretty scary time to be in business. Uh, and so what I did at that point was I went, well, I need clients and I need them fast. So where are our clients coming from? Because that's going to be the first place I'm going to go. Uh, I have to say like at that point in time, I was probably in a bit of an ignorant bliss mode. Uh, I, I was really wasn't that aware as to exactly the breakdown of where our clients were coming from. Uh, and what I found by looking at the numbers for our point of sale and our CRM, was that in the previous year, like 2019, we'd had 173 sales. And now that's sales and not leads that had come to us directly from our Google reviews. But the best part about that was we hadn't spent a single dollar on ads, no Facebook ads, no Google ads. So it was all just, you know, generated almost organically through our Google reviews. And like the ROI on that was basically for every dollar I was spending on, I guess, on our reputation and our reputation management was bringing back $326 back, which was a massive right. return on investment. Yeah, for sure. That's, um, that, that is so, so that led you to a stage where, um, did it, did it dig out the diamond business or did it, did it help you get through that? No, no, the, like that really, that period lasted for about three months and then, you know, I think the government realized, you know, we can't hold weddings off forever and, and people just sort of got back into life as normal. I think things like that always happen, you know, whether it's an, a, an election or whatever, it goes off people's radars and then people go, ah, oh, the world's not going to end. Oh, okay. I better get on with life again. And and I, I sometimes joke and sort of say, look, you know, women will only let you put it off for so long, you know, before they <laughs> like, like now's the time. All right. Like you, there's no more, you can't keep blaming the world pandemic for not proposing uh, for a cut, cut to your couple of months, Grace, but beyond that, no, That's true. So that, that, that kind that kind of got back into the normal swing of things. But, uh, but what it did show me was that there was this, this amazing marketing tool that, that, and the more people I spoke to business owners, people just weren't unaware. And so I kind of put this thing on Facebook saying, you know, look, Hey, at the time we had 500 Google reviews. And I sort of said, look, you know, if you want to know how we generated 500 Google reviews, just type Google below. And, and like, you know, 30, 40, 50 people were just typing Google. And I thought, huh, isn't that interesting? And so from there, I kind of put them into a Facebook group from a Facebook group. I pitched a webinar and then from the webinar, I pitched a, uh, I guess a, a digital course, you know, on how to generate Google reviews. 
for a program at that point in time that I hadn't even created. And I signed up 20 people for a net revenue of 25 grand. And so wow. I was like, okay, not only are there people that are interested in this, but they're also willing to put their hand in their pocket and pay for it. So yeah. I think there's, I think there's a real business here. Uh, and then from there on the next year, I spent kind of extracting the IP and, and fine tuning and tweaking the course and the programs that I run. Okay. So, um, Circle back here. What happened in the B&I world? Because you've moved from one chapter to the other. Does that did that happen with the change of business, or did that happen? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Diamond Business with Wharf, um, and the the B&I Central was with Five Stars. But you know, B&I uh, is like friends for life. You know, I I still see them. We go visiting. You know, I bump into them at the the local club. You know, I, I still do business with some of the the members from my previous chapter. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's one of the things I've always loved about BNI is just that close connection that it supersedes beyond just the normal exchanging of referrals. Yeah. And you're probably, you're relating a lot with V and I, um, Veronica had, uh, cause she's a wedding celebrant and MC, she had more than eight weeks off no weddings, you yeah. know, during down here, yeah. down here in Danganistan. And, uh, <laughs> It's uh yeah yeah it's a um it's a it's amazing how that you know where those decisions outside your control can actually can actually you know have those far reaching sort of uh, those far reaching consequences. So um, how are you finding it now in your BNI group marketing this service as opposed to your old one? Yeah, it's a really great question. Um, I, I never would have anticipated just some of the differences and complexities between business models. Coming from a very uh, kind of product-based business, um, moving to a service-based business, it's very different. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's, you know, a product yeah. is something that's tangible that you can touch and you see, um, whereas the service-based business is, um, there's a lot more that you've got to do in the relationship up the funnel to kind of help with generating. So, you know, it's been a little bit of an adjustment, but that's been the great thing about our chapter is that there's been plenty of people in that space that are in this, like a little um, contact sphere that have been able to help me that are part of that service space to kind of go, ah, this is how we do things from a service-based business. So uh, every month it's kind of building slowly uh, on, on, you know, the foundations that we've laid in the previous six months. So uh, yeah, it just gets better and better every month. Yeah, absolutely. So who just, let's hit on contact spheres for a bit, because that's really interesting because there's been a lot of, Talk around a place about contact spheres. Um, who who are the who are the main people within your contact sphere within the group? Uh, there's a gentleman called Shen from Apple Media. He owns a, a digital marketing company, so websites um, like the SEO side of things. Then we've got another fellow called uh, Lucas Metacroft. He's from uh, Tribute. So he has a consultancy businesses, but also does like an AI and tech space. So those two have been really great and kind of helping me, you know, just orienteer the different kind of thinking you need when you're trying to market a service-based business as opposed to a a product-style business. Absolutely. And you come under the banner of like, you're under the banner of digital marketing as well. You've got someone who could come under the wide banner of digital marketing there in your chapter also. Some people would see that as competitors, but you're actually collaborating and working together yeah. Uh, through that and and bouncing off each other. Well, the thing is, like, I'm super niched with what I do. 
So I, uh, I really just help people optimize their Google business profile to get a top 1% on Google. Um, I help them like create these remarkable client experiences that make getting a five-star Google review like super easy to do. Um, and that's really kind of my lane. I, I don't do um, back-end SEO. I don't do Google ads, Facebook ads. And so that's where there's a lot of, you know, common clients without a competitive overlap. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of people sometimes in the IT and the tech space, they'll, they'll come into a chapter and they'll say, oh, yeah, we do a bit of this, bit of that, bit of that. And they're trying to cover off sort of everything, but they don't do anything as a niche or as an expert in one particular area. Or they might be an expert in one particular area, but they've got their fingers in a few other pies around the place. And they think because of that, oh, the whole chapter's mine. But what they're really doing is they're stopping more business coming in for not only them, but for everyone else in the group by, by sort of saying, no, no, we we do that where there's, they could specialise in what their, what, their, what their passion is, what their flame is instead of their wax and get someone else who specialises in a certain area and work together really well. And I really like that about how we're doing it. And I brought that up because there's a lot of stuff going around the B&I world currently about um, contact spheres where we, um, you know, for a member to stay in B&I, we, they need a strong contact sphere around them because they'll get up to 60, 67% of their business from people within their contact sphere. And uh, so it's really key. We can't have lonely members in in our groups because the lonely members, you know, there's people in strong contact spheres will will stay. They can't afford to leave. Um, but you know, if we're getting lonely members and they're on their own, they haven't got other, you know, people from in, within their contact sphere, yeah, they'll get a bit, bit of business from the group, but they won't reach their full potential in a BNI group until they get those people around them who who can complement them and and that deal with a similar client demographic or or sort of order, so to speak, as such. Yep. Just, um, can I just jump in there? I just wanted to touch on something that Alda said before about moving from one chapter to the next and having friends for life. Um, by the way, diamonds are also friends for life. Just want to put that out there. Uh, credibility is a transferable skill, is a transferable asset. So we do have members in BNI who do move from one chapter to the next for a variety of different reasons, and especially after covid uh, you know, some people joined online and decided they want to go back face to face. Some people moved. Some people um, changed categories. Some people needed a different audience. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's a vast uh, amount of reasons. But when you invest in those relationships, you take those relationships with you everywhere. And it doesn't matter if your position is filled in that chapter, you will still be the perfect fit for someone they know. And then the new person will also be a better fit for someone that they know. So I just I think that's really important for members to understand that when someone leaves a chapter, don't write them off. And when someone leaves a chapter, don't feel like you're abandoning a ship. You're not. It's just sometimes we need to move on um, in our journey for different reasons. And just something that you said, Carl, uh, reputation management. I just think investing in that is really important, but the language around that is really important too. Because everything we do in BNI, we call it credibility, but it really is. You're giving away part of your reputation and you're managing that reputation everywhere you go with everything that you do. Yeah. And I just thought they were really interesting points um, that were worth, just worth, you yeah, know, I mean, it, it, it's, on the podcast. It, it's really a transition that I'm, I'm, I'm a naturally curious person. I like to observe things. And, you know, like I remember, and you all look like you're as old as me, so that's really good. Uh, you remember the old Yellow Pages ads. 
you know, and yeah. it was like the not happy Jen, you know, ad. But, you know, it was like every year the Yellow Pages ads went up a thousand bucks and there was yeah. all this pressure. And it's like, if you don't sign on the dotted line, uh, you're going to lose your category to somebody else uh, and it's going to get more expensive. And that was what I call the print age. You know, it was really hard to gauge how our clients were finding us. Um, and it was really hard to like test and measure. It looked required lots of effort uh, and ultimately um, was just very time consuming. Then we moved into the digital age and the digital age was like a light bulb for some people. It was all about click throughs and impressions. And that was great. The problem is now we've become so skeptical uh, of clickbait style ads just to kind of get me to click on something and do things that the research shows that 83% of people no longer trust conventional marketing as in ads. Okay. Yeah, and so that'd be fair enough. Yeah. And then, so what I've seen is particularly since this post pandemic period is that there's been this real shift to reputation driven revenue, this reputation marketing, which is what I kind of focus on. And it's all about, um, yeah, how you're perceived by the market. Google is 90% of all searches done online uh, and how you show up in that space. Uh, we're, we've become so time poor uh, that we just want to go to Google. We want to find out who's the best and then that's where we go. And provided you don't stuff it up when they get there, uh, you're most likely to get the business. So my the diamond business here in Brisbane, Xenox, we've got now, as I checked it this morning, it was about 929 uh, five-star Google reviews. Wow. Um, and so we're the highest rated jeweler in, in Queensland, uh, but we're still pushing the envelope out. We, we, we're not happy with 929. We want to get to 1,000 and then 1,200 and then 1,500 and, and really have that cemented that we're the ultimate destination if you need an engagement ring or wedding ring. And, and that's that can be the same whether you're a cafe, whether you're a wedding celebrant, uh, whether you're an elect electrician or plumber. I guess what I I don't I no longer prescribe to is this whole concept of B2B and B2C. I yeah. just don't think that that's applicable. It's very old language. I think today what we what I like to think about it is like H2H, which is human to human. Yeah. Every human wants to buy off another human that they know, like, and trust, which is I guess like what you were saying before V about uh, yeah. BNI. You know, like it's you you're passing on a referral because you trust this person. You know they're going to look after you. That there's good fit. Um, and every business, like, and whether it's a small purchase or a large, whether they come to you through word of mouth, they go to your website, a lot of people will still check out what does your reputation say? You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, just, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, just very, very quickly. One of my pet hates, Carl, is you go to, and I have been in other networking meetings before and they haven't been B&I. I don't think we'd, we'd subscribe to it in B&I. Someone will stand up and say, hey, guys, we just met each other. How about we all give each other a Google review? And Terrible. this particular one, I said, well, actually, I can't because I haven't used anyone's services in the room. Oh, but that's okay because we're all going to give you one. I said, but that's even worse because yeah. now you're watering down my credibility by mm. me saying I just want anyone to put a review even if you haven't used my services. This is what we have in B&I. We have a system that ensures quality assurance Use the services of the people in your room. Know, like, and trust them. So when you give away part of your reputation to someone else and recommend them, yeah. when you also do that on Google, right, you're yeah. giving away part of your reputation on Google. So if it matters, if your reputation matters, don't water it down by just giving it away to anyone. Be selective. Be specific. Be in a room of people that you can trust and yeah. that there's a, a, a process, a system around it to make sure that's the case. Yeah. So Google Google will actually uh, hide that. It's called review swapping. 
And if you do that, Google naturally knows that, oh, I gave you one and you gave me one and Google will just hide them. So it's actually, you know, even though you think you're doing it, uh, Google won't, won't will usually invariably just delete them or hide them. So won't let you do it. <laughs> They're onto it. So it's no They're use of them anyway. No. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. People are listening to this now going, oh, God, I've done that. <laughs> Naughty. <laughs> so um, in business, what other benefits you got from being in B&I with, uh, with obviously you got two businesses in B&I, what other benefits have you, have you got out of being a part of our network? Well, you know, I mean, the funny thing is, people in my chapter know me as the as the as the Google guy, but also the Diamond guy. So, you know, even though I show, I stand up every week and, and I talk about uh, the Google stuff and how uh, you know amazing it is for lead gen and conversion, uh, like so many of the members have come to me for Christmas presents anniversaries and things like that so so that's a that's a wonderful um happy benefit but i'm also the events coordinator in our chapter so i i plan all the events and uh you know in in our showroom sometimes we run events like a french champagne and diamonds night we run whiskey tasting nights so it's also been great to uh to be able to share that love of posting and doing events with 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 the team but it always does come down to again for me really that that central principle of the giver's gain so I I give business to people in my chapter and and they do the same for me. Um, you know, I think when I look at the stats in, on my phone, it's almost dollar for dollar, you know, business given and thank you, you know, received and, and thank you for closed business. Um, and so I'm also in a chapter where other people believe in the same philosophy. So I think when, when you're with a group of people with that, that get that concept, um, it's hard not to be successful in a chapter like that. Yeah. And what sort of growth have you had through your team since you've been involved? Uh, team, so we're up to a team of four now. So I've got uh, two support people in the Philippines. I've just recently in the last few months hired uh, a local Australian person to help me with the digital marketing side. And believe it or not, I know this is going to tick uh, V, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you're on it as well, TikTok. So, you know, starting with the TikTok videos and all of this. I'm sort actually of stuff. not. I'm no, not, but I've got to get with the times. No, yeah. just one of those things, uh, you know, can't get my head around. You know, wow. the, the, funny, yeah, yeah. the funny thing about the TikTok is that even if you um, don't believe in it as a platform, what it really is, it's a great tool to practice delivering your message in a short, concise way. Because do, you know, yeah. do you know what the attention span of the average person today is? Seven seconds. Yeah, eight seconds. They're pretty close. So, you know, like, and it's the same with the TikTok. <laughs> We're from Frankston. I've got a, yeah. a shorter attention Always span. Right so if you, if you can't get your message across like that, you lose the intention, you know? And so it's a really good tool to kind of practice how, how we deliver, you know, our, our message across. One of our um, real estate agents in our region is very big on TikTok. And uh, he went around to do an appraisal at a person's house and their kids recognised him. So <laughs> credibility from the kids uh in the house and as Gavin Steindall in very good real estate <laughs> by the way he's and, a great member um, too he's well he's award-winning he does it right um so but he does a lot of a lot on I'm not on it I don't know but uh he does a lot on TikTok and yeah the people's kids actually recognized him and yeah got him across the line with the vendors apparently so um hilarious yeah, uh, yeah it's a cool way how to actually use that so um this has been great Carl um we ask all our guests, what would be the one thing you'd say to a someone in BNI to sort of get get that leverage to achieve success out of their chapter? Um, 
I think it really just comes down to living the core values, you know, the, the giver's gain, the, the, the building of the relationships, you know, all of those sort of things. If you really lean in, I mean, when I signed up the second time, I immediately just took the two year option. Because I, I knew that, you know, even with a new group, even though I understood how BNI works from the previous chapter, it still takes time to build the relationships. And um, it's not going to happen within the first three months. It takes time. And you've got to, you know, be true to that. Give us gain. You've got to do your one-to-ones. You've got to do uh, all of the all of the little things that will make the big things happen. So for me, it's it's just living the philosophies uh, that BNI puts as as their their key uh, success criteria. I love it, and you know what the core values. So you you might look at the core values from the outside, and you think, um, you know, they might be a bit, you know, that sounds a little bit corny. We've got core values and all that, you know, but that's what binds us together as an organisation. And when you break all those different core core values down, we used to have five, now we have seven. Hmm. Um, you know, it really actually is what helps bind us and work together as an organisation. So that's awesome. Carl, uh, as with all our guests, we give them a chance to do their weekly presentation. So uh, put them on the spot. Would you like to do yours now for everyone? Do you mean like the eight-minute presentation or the four? No, 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 weekly no. presentation. <laughs> nice try, Carl. Nice try. I just the eight-minute presentation. <laughs> you play. Okay. You have to send a diamond down and then, you know, I'll think about it. <laughs> So well, the wife um, hasn't got through to Veronica yet for eight minute presentation with a diamond there. So eight minute presentation. Yeah. So okay. So so I'm the Google business expert in our chapter, and uh, I love working with small business owners who love what they do. So they get to do that with more clients, and and the way that we do that is we help them tackle lumpy lead flow which shows them in how in less than 10 minutes a day, they can generate one to three warm leads for their business every single week without spending a single dollar on ads. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Um, Unbelievable. Awesome. Where Where can they find you? Oh, you can find me on the, on the BNI connect app, obviously. Uh, And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn um, or or as well. Website address. Uh, www.com. Uh, my my the number five star reviews.com.au love it well, thank sponsors, you Chris. thank you very much for oh, i got the thumbs up there thank you very much for joining us today on bni the australian story podcast thanks brett and veronica it was lovely thanks carl brett you do it again you've done it every week you've uh, brought these amazing stories to the podcast I know no, that, was, uh, that came from uh, Avi Sequera, uh, recommended Carl to us. So I think Avi had a one to one with Carl and uh, said, You've got to interview this guy. So interesting story. Yeah. Yep. Very I'm, interesting I'm, story. I'm, I'm keen to join the Ambassadors uh, program too. So I think I'm doing that next week. Oh, uh, awesome. good for you. Oh, we'll see more of you around the place for sure. I'm sure you will. And I've just no doubt the people, the girls are going to be listening to, and no doubt some guys too that like diamonds, but the girls predominantly will be listening to this going, I didn't know that there was someone in BNI that could we go and buy a diamond from. So no doubt it'll be Google reviews and a few one-to-ones about a, a diamond. Um, Brent, I have a question for you. Yes. So we went away on the retreat. We had a speaker come in, Luanne Gibson from HR Sustain, who did an incredible uh incredible presentation on the DISC, on the DISC profiling. Now, it was truly a career-changing report for me on my own DISC profile. 
uh, I wouldn't say life changing. I knew some of the stuff, but actually put into context, I could look at it and see why I was good at things, why I wasn't so good at things, why I enjoyed things, didn't enjoy things. How important is it for people in BNI to understand the personalities of the people in the room that they're doing business with and that they spend weekly meetings with? Oh, I wouldn't say it's completely critical, but it's very good. It'll work if if you know if you know what behavior style or type someone is within the room doing business with in partners in business or um or selling to if you can recognize their type uh it will help you a lot you know it's, it's all recognizing their behavior type we um yeah especially in a sales type uh in a sales type realm if you can recognize someone's behavior type you can sell to them how they want to be sold to uh, and they'll be more receptive to your message coming through. If you know what behaviour types the members of your team are within a BNI uh, room or uh, or within your own, you know, staff, you can um, build a more cohesive uh, team and and cater for their needs and communicate with them how they want to be communicated to as well and and put them in positions and give them uh, give them jobs where they're working in their in their, as Dr. Ivan Myers always says, in their in their in their flame and not in their wax, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it's not the be all and end all, but it is a very handy tool. Yeah, look, I'm so grateful for that, and thanks again to Luann. So, what is your tip for the week? Well, I just want to cover off on some things that makes someone referable within B and I, and there's three main things that I'd like to think that makes someone referable. Uh, well, highly referable anyway within BNI. Well, one, you've got to be an expert in your field. So the thing you're actually pushing within BNI, you've got to know it really well. Um, and you've got to actually share your expertise with the group to make you highly referable. So they know and they're comfortable with you actually um, referring you to someone else. Secondly, you've got to be passionate about what you do. If you're not passionate about what you do, People aren't going to come along for a ride. They're not going to come on board. People would lo- people love to refer someone who, who are really passionate about what they do and have a real, you know, have a real feeling. So nothing gets done really well without a bit of, little bit of excitement. And the third criteria is, is honoring the referral process. So, you know, person who's receiving the referral uh, knows and understands that whoever's referred them has given away some of their reputation, risked some of their reputation in referring them. So honouring the referral process is following up, doing a great job and thanking the person after as well uh, and keeping that person informed in the referral process. So quite simply, those three key things, um, you know, being an expert in your field, being passionate about what you do and honouring the referral process will really help you become referable in your BNI group. Fantastic. Thank you. They're great tips. Uh, also, shout out to Lisa Bedden, who is uh, she's cleaning and she's always listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcasts. Go check so episode like, one for Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> so, on episode one. She'll be doing a great job of cleaning someone's bathroom and listening to us and a big smile on her face. Uh, thank you to um, Steve, our podcast producer, for ensuring everything ran smoothly. Thank you again to Carl for joining us today. And Brent, we'll do it all again next week. Great, Lee.